good football fans welcome back to the fourth and a mile podcast alongside my good friends brady bradley and jeremy my name is josh and we appreciate you all tuning in so we are three weeks away now from I 18 days than, i believe it is yeah 18 days it is so quickly approaching can't even wait i can we, it's, it's almost here do we have one more pod or two more before the the draft i believe uh, it's only one more right after we'll this have one? two we'll have two more Two more pods. Yep. It, it is coming up real fast. I can't even wait. So do you think a lot of the smoke screens are starting to subside and it's going to get more like substance? Like there's not going to be any more j- huge trades, any big movers, any big shakers? Or do you think all of that's just not going to be, you know, any transactions aren't going to happen until like the day of or the day before? The biggest smoke screen right <clears throat> now is pick three. If it is a smoke screen. And we are not talking about pick three again until we get to the mock the mock because we'll be here forever because we know how Bradley feels about it. So quit asking. I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we aren't talking about it. I think if the 49ers end up picking Mac Jones, that's when a trade will happen because somebody's going to want to trade up for um, Trey Lance and or um, – Justin Fields. So um, I, I'd be surprised if another big trade happens. Um, but there was a big trade that did happen since our last episode. So this is a good transition into our NFL notables. Um, a quarterback was traded. It was Sam Darnold. He was traded to the Panthers um, for a 2022 second round pick and a sixth round pick, if I do believe so. Um, what are our thoughts on this? Like who won the trade? Is there a distinct winner or was this a win for both teams? You know, when you look at it, um, I think you, you think both teams came away with, with something that they wanted. Uh, the Jets saying, hey, you know what? We're looking to pick a quarterback at pick two. Robert Salda's going to get his guy at quarterback. Um, but also the Panthers, they they wanted to shake up at quarterback. You know, I'm the biggest Teddy Bridgewater truther, so I'm not going to say I understand it, but they wanted to shake up at quarterback, and they probably weren't going to get one at eight. So they said, you know what? Let's try to let's try to lit a fire up Sam Dar- Darnold's butt. Hopefully Matt Rule's offense um, can can fit well with Sam Darnold. I'm kind of sick of hearing it's all about Joe Brady because guess what? Joe Brady was a great mind at at uh, LSU, but guess who was a great mind at Baylor? Matt Rule. So I'm guessing that there's a lot of what Carolina is doing is a lot of what Matt Rule wants. I'm guessing he's in all of those meetings that Joe Brady's. So I think both both teams got what they wanted in this. Um, the Panthers obviously are going to wait, or sorry, the Jets are going to have to wait a little bit for, to get their return on the investment. Uh, but nonetheless, still a good trade. One thing I will add about, and I know you're rightfully so saying, like give Matt Rule his credit, um, but I'm a big Joe Brady fan, so I'm going to talk about him. If what he can do, if he can do a fraction of what he did with Joe Burrow in his resurgence in his senior year at LSU, the Panthers are going to be a nightmare to play this year because if Sam Darnold can get protection from his offensive line, they have weapons there too. Um, this, the second and sixth round pick, it's it's absolutely worth it if um, he produces. And it, it sounds like they're going to give him two years because I think they um, already exercised his fifth year option too. So they're going to they're going to test it out and see what they have um, with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Yeah, totally. Just kind of building on that, like it sucks for Teddy uh, because it's. I've heard a lot of like. It's so funny. I think um, I think Brady and I and Bradley were talking off air a while back about how the older generation is just kind of has a different approach where like we're like, oh, that sucks for, you know, Teddy. He's going to have to either back up or, you know, 
not have to find somewhere else. But it's like, in reality, you don't trade for Darnold if you're not and give up a second round pick next year if you don't plan on starting him. And like my dad, for example, I was talking to him about it and he was like, oh no, Teddy should like compete for the starting job. Like, but you buckle up your bootstraps and get to work. And it's like, that's it's just not how a GM and a head coach is going to see that at all. So that just kind of sucks for him. I think he would have to prove a lot if he a was a starting quarterback. Like he would have to significantly beat Sam Darnold in the competition, but I, I, they're, they're going to cut Teddy because he, he's getting yep. paid too much to be a backup quarterback. I think it's, a, it makes more sense for the Panthers from, if I remember correctly, to have it be after June 1st. It might be. Yeah. I'm not totally sure. Let's bring Jeremy in. Um, where would be a good, we're done talking about Sam Darnold in the trade. You can add on if you want to, um, but where would you see a spot for Teddy Bridgewater if he were to get cut? Uh, Teddy got cut. Honestly, Chicago should sign him. Like, God, I would hate that. I, I, I that mean, he's, me he's, bad. he knows the division. He's played in the division. I mean, obviously he, he had not a great year last year, but serviceable. And is Andy Dalton really like your prize possession? No. Um, I think quickly uh, QB one from the Chicago bears, Twitter, <laughs> he would become QB two if they signed Teddy Bridgewater. Oh um, man. And at least you have a competition there then um, because I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than Andy Dalton. And is Nick Foles still on the roster? Uh, I don't even know. He is paying him a lot of money too. Yeah. Quarterback room. <laughs> So I think, I think the bears could probably be an option. Um, I don't know if there's a ton of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the, the jets don't want whoever they drafted number two to start right away. And they, they signed Teddy. I, I don't know. I think that that could maybe be an option if they wanted to, to go like the, the Patrick Mahomes route and let him sit for a year. Um, now, obviously, what about, Teddy what about not Denver? necessarily Alex Smith, but that, that could be an option too, depending on what they do in the, in the first round, like who knows if they make a trade or True. whatever, but that could be an option too. How about Washington? Would that be a fit? That'd be more so a a competition with Fitzmagic. I don't know. For me, it feels like, okay, so Fitzmagic, his first three weeks, he's going to throw for 12 touchdowns. And then the next three weeks, he's going to have eight interceptions. Like, so, like, you get the good with the bad with him. So maybe yeah. they're like, after the, the bad three week stretch, maybe like, all right, okay, we're still six and two or something like that. Let's go to the more reliable not going to turn it over. Hopefully he had a little bit more turnovers this year um, in Teddy Bridgewater. I see that fit in a vacuum, but I think like with the move already with Fitz and having Heineke um, re-signed and, or under contract, because clearly they liked some of what they saw. I think they mm-hmm. would probably just end up rolling with Heineke and, and Fitz magic, just because I don't, it's probably a wash between Fitz magic and, and Teddy. I can't believe Taylor Heineke's getting like some national media about like, oh yeah, he's the quarterback there. Like us Minnesota fans were like, yeah, like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like he had hey, great, he one out a little bit great game, game, like, yeah. and that was sweet to see. But <clears throat> the thing with that though is why that's getting the attention is that everyone saw it. If it were like oh, a yeah. regional, if it were a regional noon game, and obviously playoffs, you know, notwithstanding, then everyone, not everyone, would have saw it, so they're not going to all feel that same way. So that's. That's super funny. Totally agree. So let's let's transition to um, probably our, our it is our last NFL notable, um, and it's more so draft related. This is 
um, the Pro Day 2.0. So um, two quarterbacks came out, Justin Fields and Trey Lance came out and said, hey, we're having our second Pro Day. So what they can't do, they can't have individual workouts for individual teams. So San Francisco can't say, hey, Justin Fields, I want you to come work out for us individually. They aren't letting that happen this year with COVID. So they're they, what I would guess is San Francisco said, hey, we'd love to see you throw again. Would you mind having a Pro Day? So I, I think they're having this Pro Day 2.0. You might see it for a couple other prospects, but these are the two main ones. Do you guys make anything out of it? Like, d- does any of this change anything for these prospects or are GMs and scouts' minds already made up? They, they should absolutely do this. I don't know why. I feel like, honestly, it should be done more often. Um, typically, with jobs, get called for a second interview, right? Like, this is a big interview for them. This is what you put mm-hmm. on tape for them. They want to see you throw, like, they should be doing two of these regardless. And, and it makes a ton of sense, especially for these quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't think anything negative can really happen. So why not? No, I totally agree. Literally the only thing negative that could happen and I'm knocking on wood is somebody tweak something when they're doing these workouts, but I don't think they're going to be doing stuff strenuous enough where they're going to have to worry about that. And if it does happen, that means they had probably something before then that, that caused some sort of injury. I don't know medical, so maybe Bradley can jump. <laughs> but no, let's... pretty effect. Pretty effect is not no medicals. You can ask him to name probably eight bones in the body, and he probably couldn't do that. I think you'd be surprised, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to first finger, I... second finger, third finger. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know fingers. we know what a category is in our next game of Jeopardy. I guess. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh gosh, you bet. You best believe Josh is not going to guess. <laughs> hey, uh, pass. <laughs> the strategy of not guessing and let it, letting all your competition dig a hole was a great strategy. And did <laughs> Until you got third. Yeah, and then, yeah. I, <laughs> and then I got bullied into guessing when I didn't know the answers. So that was cool. Brett Favre. Oh, uh, my gosh. I don't know why I thought a passer. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's a, that is Most a good way. active to... player. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <sighs> bad. Anyways, so on today's episode, we're doing NFL draft superlatives. We are doing it for the defensive end. So Bradley gave us a couple other defensive players last week. I think we might get some offensive players from him this time. I'm not totally sure. Buckle up. Wait and see. And then the second half of the show, we're mocking Bradley's mock draft. So I can't wait for that. Um, But let's get right into some draft superlatives. We are doing the same exact ones as we did last time. We're doing overrated, underrated guys that we haven't talked about. And then we'll just finish up real quick with um, guys that are rising on our boards and then guys that are falling on our boards. So let's start with overrated defensive player. Jeremy, give us one that's overrated. My guy is Gregory Russo. Um, I think his he's probably come down to earth since the draft process really heated up earlier, um, you know, about a month or two ago. So he's probably right around where he should be. But for me, I think he's still a little bit overrated. Uh, and, and simply because I think the talent is clearly there in terms of what he could be, but I think in most of what you're doing with him is projection. So I think for a first round pick, his bust potential is very, very high. And I think it's too rich for my blood to really trust a first rounder in him. The thing with him is too, like usually pro days help people. His hurt him. Like his did not help him because he was working out right next to Jalen Phillips and like really none of his numbers were better than Jalen Phillips. So, um, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he slid to the early second round because people are, it's just a question mark, which is crazy because he put up such good numbers in 2019. So, um, yeah, I'm going to piggyback like- off that. I also had Gregory Rousseau, um, just for a lot of similar reasons that Becker said, um, I think opting out hurt him 
And when you post up numbers that he did in 2019, I think you want to see him replicate that. And just him not being out there, like that, the best ability is availability. And he wasn't a, a available for teams to see what he put on the tape. Um, so I also think Gregory Russo, I think he's a guy that will not be drafted in the first round. Um, just when you're thinking about the position, it's not not particularly a talented position when it comes to the class. Um, and if you're gonna if you're gonna draft based on like potential, uh, Jason Away is probably the guy you're taking. Uh, but that's just a different name for a different time. Uh, but Gregory Rousseau is is the guy that I have. Josh, you got Gregory Rousseau. You got someone else. I don't. Uh, so I had a guy who was kind of similar to uh, what uh, Becker and Bradley were uh, saying. How early in the process they were a lot higher, uh, but then as tape kind of unf- unfolded and you kind of saw that his motor was a problem. It was uh, evident that he wasn't worth uh, mid to high first round pick. And that's Christian Barmore, uh, Alabama defensive tackle. His top end talent is very, very good, but you know, the motor is an issue um, him being able to take plays off. And so I just don't know if that's, you can justify that risk that high in the draft. I know early in the process before the Vikings made a lot of their free agent acquisitions, like he was, you know, mocked to the Vikings at 14 a lot. And uh, like uh, Bradley was saying earlier, that's a little bit too rich for my blood. So I have Christian Barmore. Yeah, no, I like that. And I'm going to piggyback right off of it. Um, The overrated player for me is more than one player. It's the interior defense aligned class in general. I just think it's not a very good class in general. So I think even though Christian Barmore is probably overrated, he is my favorite interior defense alignment, but I don't think a single interior defensive offensive uh, interior Whoa. defensive lineman. I think it would be really tough to honestly play defensive both offensive, offensive and, <laughs> and defense lineman at the same time in the NFL. Oh, Brady, that, Brady, that you sounded to, better in my head. Brady, you got to know if you <laughs> slip up at all, Bradley's going to let you hear it. That, yeah, that, that sounded a lot better in my head. But the interior defensive line class, I don't think a player should get picked before pick 32 because I think Christian Barmore is a perfect fit for Tampa Bay where he doesn't have to come in right away. He can learn the system. He can learn how to play behind Ndamukong Sue. He can learn from guys like Shaq Barrett, JPP, all those guys that are on the defense there. Um, But just in general, I feel like the interior defensive line class is overrated. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, I'm not going to say it's not a position in need, but it's just not a, it's not a sexy position. Like, there's not a ton of interior offensive linemen being taken either. I have a question for Jeremy. Um, so I've been seeing some recent mocks of the Green Bay Packers taking Christian Barmore in the first round. How would you feel about that? And it's not just one mock draft. I've seen it, like, like trending a little bit more often. I've seen them taking Levi, too, um, from Ooh. Washington. I, I don't, when I see those two picks, I don't, I don't love it. I mean, I would like Barmore more than uh, the kid from Washington, but I just think you can get a lot more value in other area or other or parts of the board there. Now, the one, the one thing that I guess I, I understand a little bit, if your argument is you could get a really good wide receiver in round two or three, you could get a pretty good tackle in, in two, um, you know, you could get a pretty good cornerback in two or three. So if that's your argument where it's like, Hey, after, you know, one or two, like you just mentioned, this class is not super deep. So if you really think that this guy is the number one guy and you have him pretty high mm-hmm. on the board, that's the argument, I guess I understand, but me personally, I don't love it. 
that sounds like to me that that's that's like all of us as Vikings fans too. Like we'll hate a pick. And then if they make the pick, we're like, all right, I can get behind it too. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the research required to convince myself that this is not a bad idea. Um, Did everyone give their overrated? Yep. All right. So that's actually a great transition into the guys that we haven't talked about yet. uh, Cause I have, let's do our underrated first. You want to give us your underrated first? Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. Somebody else go first. <laughs> I was going to say it was a perfect transition to my bad. In my bad. Somebody go there underrated first then. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with my underrated guy. It's someone that I've been pounding the table for, and that's Joseph Osai, uh, edge rusher out of uh, University of Texas. The, the guy plays with a huge motor, and I, and I like that. I guess he's a little bit undersized for the position, but I'll take what his speed and his heart does on tape uh, over some measurables. I think he can improve on his rush angles a little bit. That's one thing I'd be a little critical on, but overall I saw number 45 around the ball quite a bit. And I, and I value that. So I would say Joseph Osai. Would you take him with a first round pick? Uh, I would. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Uh, Jeremy, who's your underrated player? My underrated player. Would you like to guess? Asante Samuel Jr. It is Asante Samuel Jr. Good for you, Brady. He's a guy that that tends to get knocked and overlooked a little bit, I think, um, just because of his size and and his measurables. I mean, he's a guy that didn't wasn't massively helped by his pro day. Um, But I mean, he allowed a a 46.2 passer rating in coverage last season, which is the lowest any any cornerback in the the 2021 class. So if you watch the tape and you pay attention to the things he does really well, um, I think it can kind of drown out some of those things that on paper might not make him look like he's a really good defender. Um, he, you know, he got hurt in some spots um, by a guy that I should have talked about last week and I wish I went to, but Diami Brown, um, you know, in a, in a game against him, he, he got hurt a couple different times on a couple different plays, but he's an extremely good tackler. Uh, and I think his click and close is, is, is extremely underrated. Um, so I think he's going to, I think he can easily sneak into the first round and I think he'll end up being a really good pro has really good bloodlines as well, which doesn't hurt him. Okay. So the Packers took Asante Samuel Jr. You are happy. Okay. Perfect. If, is that, if Newsom's off the board, I was going to say, I feel like that may have changed. Newsom will be off the board. That is contingent on Newsom being off the board. And I kind of, I would assume, assume he will he be. Yep. I would assume so as well. Um, my underrated player, um, does anyone want to guess this one? <laughs> Uh, linebacker out of Kentucky. Nope. It is Aziz Ojalari edge from Georgia. I think he's the best edge in the class. Um, I think he's he, he's definitely better in a 3-4 scheme, but I also think he can play in a 4-3. Like, this is a team – if the Giants can't trade back at 11, I would still strongly consider taking Aziz Ojalari because, oh. I mean, he's – what was he, a redshirt sophomore? So he's still got – room to grow he's got long arms i mean when i watch him play and like look at his measurables it screams shaq barrett to me and maybe that's because they just won the super bowl but it's it's somebody that hey he's got a quick first step he can beat you to the outside um people say saying yannick Ngakwe, i i don't love it i think he's more physical no. than yannick Ngakwe, and i think he can play in the run a little bit better than Ngakwe can so um i love aziz ojalari and i think he should be he can't I don't think he should be because I don't know if anybody in the edge class is, but I think he can be a top 15 pick. This coming you know, year. honestly, what, when I watched his film and I watched probably four or five games of him, I was, I was really impressed with how he played. The one thing that really impressed me and surprised me was how physical he was in the run game, uh, particularly in the Alabama game. 
uh, I mean, he was up against Alice Leatherwood, and there was a lot of times where there was a pulling garden, and he he was banging pads with them. So I, I was quite impressed with him. I mean, he goes out and plays in coverage too, so he's a great player. Um, I think 11 might be a little bit too rich. I think Quiddy Pay would be a better fit, but uh, it's a conversation God, could for you, a different day. Could you imagine him and Joe Judge, though? Like, I feel like he would be perfect with Joe Judge. Like, somebody that's just going to get the most out of somebody. Um, maybe I'm just higher on Joe Judge than the average person, but um, I feel like he's a, a player's coach that gets his players to play extremely hard, which Aziz. I mean, that would benefit has. any yeah, player. Yeah, I, I think that would benefit Quiddy Pay too. For yeah, Quiddy Pay was you see his jump from 2019 to 2020 was incredible, and yeah. he's a fr- he's a freak too. Yeah. Josh, who's your underrated player? <clears throat> My underrated player is a guy we actually have talked about, so it may not be. <clears throat> underrated in like the more like orthodox sense but i've seen a lot where he's been linebacker three and that's david collins linebacker out of tulsa i like his game a lot uh he reads quarterbacks well so he's already really great in the passing game uh which is you know absolutely imperative for the you know modern nfl right now and then he has the size to so he has the size i think he's what like two uh 259 so he has the size to be able to learn the position for the run game because he that has been a knack at knock on him and that he's kind of gotten bullied off the ball a little bit in the run game but he has that capability to learn that he got long arms uh, he's a good teammate and he did a whole lot at Tulsa so when he is asked to do less in the NFL when he has more of a defined role I think he'll be um, be able to thrive in that so uh, Zayvon Collins linebacker out of Tulsa it honestly it's, it, it's, it's too easy of a comp but it screams Anthony Moore it's too easy. Like when it comes to measurables, they're like almost the exact same. Yeah. And what, what he really has the ability to do, um, it's probably not a fair comp for him coming <clears> out of the class right now because Barr was taking what ninth or eleventh overall, yeah. and and so, Zayvon Collins is not going that high. But I mean, he has the potential to be just as good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I. That's the main comp that I've seen. Which, if you're drafting Anthony Barr late twenties, early thirties, even in the second round, like you're taking that every single day of the week. Like the, besides Anthony Barr's injury history, like he's been unbelievable for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So like he's been worth the the top 15 picks. So um, let's talk guys that we haven't talked about. Josh, you were really excited about this. Who are we talking about? <laughs> I was most excited because I wanted to see if I could pronounce his name off the jump because uh, Jeremy was uh, kind of hating on him. So that's, that's fine. I just, I, the, the interior defensive line class is, you know, it's, it's known that it's not very good. Um, but if you want a three technique, that is not going to be, you know, Barmore and a, and a motor guy, Levi on Wuzurike, Washington. Wuzurike. Mm, that was close. <laughs> it was, it was pretty close. That was pretty close. <laughs> so just if you're, if you don't want to have like the motor problems that Barmore has, um, he there's a three technique that can get after the quarterback. Um, and he has an outstanding hustle and pursuit, which is what you want um, from the position. So uh, just if I guess I've just have not heard us have a lot of dialogue about him. And that's probably because, like we have said a couple of times now, that the interior defensive line class is not very good. And so it's all about may, just kind of picking your spot of what you want from them and not expecting the moon. But I think he'd be able to give you a really great effort at the next level. He very well could be a diamond in the rough. Like where like you could get him in the early to mid second round type player. So when I watched, so I watched him and Elijah Molden two different times. So I watched Washington's defense twice. 
they rush three passers a lot of the times. And if they bring a fourth, it's like a slot corner or something like that. But they just hardly bring people. So it's like, okay, you're watching Anzariki play, and it's like, okay, he's terrible at pass rush. But he's getting double teamed every single play because they, they go three down front, and you, you just can't see anything. So like, like you said, it very well could be that this defensive line class, interior defensive line class is really good, and Anzariki could be the best player of that class. And it's kind of similar to what I was saying with Collins too, in that once you're – once your role is changed in your like in your college team versus your NFL team, you're not going to be the dude. And so you're like, wait, obviously these guys are more talented, but I'm being asked to go against one dude versus two. And so that could be able to change some things for him. Yep. Bradley, who are we talking about now that we haven't talked about? Jabril Cox, linebacker LSU. I think he's very athletic. I think he flies around a lot. I think I like he's that. someone that's probably going to go mid second, but uh, I, I think I don't think there's a reason why he can't be a top two linebacker. Where's he from? LSU. No, he's from NDSU. Come on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh yeah, because oh, he played oh, at oh, NDSU. Come on, Bradley. Like, I, I, I know he's <laughs> no, team cap, team captain too at LSU, which is big. Nice one year there. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. One year there, that that speaks a lot too. Kind of, it stinks for him that he couldn't. He's gonna have his second pro, like the second pro day, because he didn't get to participate in the first one, which kind of stinks for him. But he flies around. These off-ball linebackers, there's a lot of them that just fly around. <laughs> they they play really fast. That's yeah. what a lot of teams are looking for too. Jeremy, who are we talking about now? Uh, speaking of Jabril Cox, that that uh, pro day could be big for him in terms yes. of like solidifying his stock, yes. just because I think. Because even for me personally, he's a guy that I initially really liked in kind of that four or five spot, but I've bumped him in as far as linebackers go, but I've kind of bumped him to more of that like seven, eight. Um, but like, Which could be pushing third round. Yeah. If, so if he doesn't have a good pro day. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, how kind of those linebackers go. Um, Cause it really depends on where you kind of see like um, Owusu Koromoro really fitting in to your defense, like what position you'd have a play, stuff like that. So, but anyways, guy that I, that I don't think we've talked about a lot. Uh, Brady kind of talked about guys that could maybe be um, a diamond in the rough in that early second, middle of the, the second round. Um, and that's Afatu Melifanwu. Um, I like him a lot. Uh, I think he's got really good length uh, and, and a really good build. He's long, uh, really long strides. I think he's, he's really quick and to the point as well. Now, the one thing that hurts him a little bit that I think like probably moves his stock down or, or maybe his high end potential is just, I think he still is kind of figuring out some of those uh, reactionary or anticipation um, in, you know, in, in the click and close specifically, but I think he's got really good length and he's, he ran like a four, four, eight for a guy who's just under six, three. Uh, I think he can end up being a really, really good corner. He's physical and he's a pretty good tackler as well. I think there's a chance he could sneak into the first round. He if could. somebody if agree. somebody loves him, like he could go to Green Bay in the first round. Like that would not surprise me one bit. Big physical corner to put on opposite side of Jair. I mean, I could totally see it. Totally. I, I I love him in Green Bay. I still don't know if I've totally got myself to that value at 29. That would be a, like, that would be a reach. Yeah. I I think like if you could trade back and get him in the. I would say early second round, you'd for sure get him. Yeah. But I, I think by mid second round, he's going to be gone. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think big corners. I love big corners. So I'm talking about, a, <laughs> I'm talking about another corner too. Um, a guy that we really haven't talked about and I'm trying to find out more why the the whole draft community and even scouts in general aren't high on this guy. It's Paulson Adebo, cornerback from Stanford. 
Um, if the guy would have went out last year, I mean, this is a guy that the Vikings might have drafted at pick 22. And he opted out this last year, and he he's just hasn't he, – he, he's fallen off the face. He's like a third-round pick in a lot, of, a lot of these mock drafts, and that's where people have him for value. I mean, his freshman year, he was unbelievable. Like He's shutting down wide receivers from Notre Dame and all these different uh, players. Had a little bit of injury issues, um, and then he, he gets beat on double moves sometimes too, where like his hips just aren't all there sometimes. Um, but it, I would easily take this guy in the second round. I, like for sure take him in the second round. Like right now he's my corner five. Like the, I, I'm extremely high on Paulson Adebo. I'll die on that hill because I, I, I'm probably the highest person I know on Paulson Adebo. I, I agree with Brady. He definitely does not get talked about enough. I think if you're like a very casual uh, draft observer, you probably don't really even know his name um, because of the, the, the not playing. But in 2019, he had a, a coverage grade of above an 80, which is really good. Um, he's a very good player. Could be a very sneaky pick for somebody. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I like before. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, probably should get really quick on the the guys were rising on the board and the guys were falling. So real quick, give a guy that you're rising on and then a guy that's falling <laughs> on the board. Josh, let's start with you. I'm going to kind of cheat because I have the same guy for falling that I had earlier, but a guy rising on my board, Richie Grant, uh, and then guy falling on my board, Christian Barmore. I had JC Horn, someone rising on my board, and I also had Christian Barmore as a faller for me. Uh, my riser was Trayvon Mulrig. My, my faller I, was kind of a cop-out. It, it's obviously Farley, but not because huh. of skill, but. He was on my rising. Farley was. <laughs> he was. It was crazy. Well, no, he, he's honestly been on a whirlwind. He was up on, it has on cloud nine, and the injury stuff came out, and he was potentially out of the first round. And I was like, oh, well, he checked out pretty well in Indianapolis, and I was like creeping back up into like the top 15. I'm bad. So Take him with a top 10 pick. There's no reason. There's what? no way he falls yes. outside the first round, right? Like no way. No chance. Now Wait, did, I, did, 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 did you hear what Brady said? He said back into the top 10 for him. Get him to get him in the top 10 pick. Wow. If, if, that means so that after that, though, that medical check-in, which probably should have been an NFL notable that they had that combine medical where all the doctors got to see these players. He was one of those guys. Schefter came out and said right away, he goes, he's ready to go. He, the, the reports he got from there say that he is going to be ready to go to start training camp. So that, that means whatever it was, it wasn't as big of a deal. That's what it says to me. Yeah. It, no, but what it also says to me is he said two back surgeries. And he's under 25. Understandable. So then why is Jalen Phillips getting picked in the top 20? Because he's had concussion issues where he was almost out of football. Like he was, he retired from football and now he's playing. I'm just saying there is cause for concern. Okay. It's not yeah, that, yeah, oh, he agreed. checked out well right now. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me give my guy. So the guy's rising on board is uh, Jamin Davis. We talked about him last week. Um, and then a guy falling on my board, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Why is he curious? Why is he falling on your board? I think there's just other guys rising. I, it's not that I don't like him. He, I feel like he is like um, Isaiah Simmons where he needs to be in a perfect <clears throat> system. Don't go to somewhere like Oakland or Vegas, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders and Ding. put him at middle linebacker or put him at safety. He needs to be all over the place where he he's comfortable playing both positions, play, play big, big nickel, something like that. So I feel like for him, it's more so he needs to find scheme fit where if he finds a perfect fit, he, I mean, he could be the best defensive player in this draft. Like there, 
is for sure a possibility of that. So, um, yeah, I was wondering if I was going to get any surprises on that guy falling, but uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we get to mock Bradley's mock. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the fourth and a mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at fourth and a mile pod. That's fourth and a mile pod. Thanks guys. And now back to the sports. Welcome back into the fourth and a mile pod. We are doing our segment called mock the mock. I was last week. Bradley's this week, Bradley, I'm turning it over to you. We're doing picks one through five. Then we get to mock you. Good. So this is my uh, April edition of my mock draft. I've been doing, I did a February, a March and an April. So this is my, my final one before uh, draft. Obviously if something life altering comes up, uh, I'll probably do another one. Um, so with the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, the New York Jets at two select Zach Wilson, the San Francisco 49ers at pick three select Justin Fields, Atlanta at pick four, it's Kyle Pitts and Cincinnati at pick five. I've been tossing this one around, but I went with finally went with Panay Sewell, Oregon. Let's start with pick three. We, we can't start anywhere else besides there. What inclination do you have that San Francisco is going to pick Justin Fields over Mac Jones? Other than I, you thinking Justin Fields is the better player. I, I honestly, I think it's a twofold better player is what I think. And I think they're going to, they're going to see that, especially this next pro day. I think he fits well with what they're trying to do at San Francisco. So I, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's way better than McCorkle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should have brought this up when the, the Carolina trade happened for Sam Darnold. I saw, I forget who tweeted it, but it, I mean, it was a verified account that um, they said, I mean, so Carolina coaching staff was the coaching staff at senior bowl where Mac Jones was. They were saying that they traded for Sam Darnold because they believe Mac Jones will not be there at pick eight for them to take. That what? is like, what they no. think. I have, no. they, I have seen that multiple I think it was Jim what Nagy are people who tweeted it. Seeing? I have seen it multiple I have seen that in multiple places, Brady. Like I am serious. That, like that I their guy Mac supposedly was Mac Jones. Yes. Because he because of the San Francisco trade, that's why they made the Darnold trade. I've seen that as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's just asinine to me. Bradley is beside himself. Bradley is tilting. It doesn't make make any sense. I honestly, my eyes must fail me on tape. I just don't see it, and I makes me so happy. I don't get so mad about it. Bradley, how does it make you feel that? Sorry, last thing about Mac Jones. But how does it make you feel later? Because I had to pick him in the first round. I didn't want to. I had to. How does it make you feel that Trey Lance and Mac Jones have started like the same amount of games? but they talk about small sample size. It, that, exactly. it doesn't make any sense. It, that, that's why it doesn't make any sense. Right? Well, well, Trey Lance plays in NDSU. Mac Jones plays with all pros against – like the SEC is good, right? But like not every SEC team is that good. And Alabama is so much better than all the other SEC Yes. Teams. Hey, so, Bandy's yeah. tough. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky's a powerhouse, okay? Hey, don't rip on Jamin Davis, okay? Any other thoughts on, on, on one through five? What's uh, a, Kyle I, Pitts I, at four is a steal. Yeah, on, I love Jeremy. it. I don't it, know about steal. This is more of a I, quickly, like, I think we're all okay. I think 
we've kind of felt like maybe Cincinnati might go the offensive weapon route uh, with Jamar Chase there. But I think like from a standpoint of if the Bengals take Sewell, I don't think any of us would knock them. Um, but I would like to pose a question to all of you guys. So you have Kyle Pitts going at four. Do you guys take any like any stock in this thought that the Cowboys could be trading up for Kyle Pitts? Well, they don't they need any more dumb. weapons. They work on your defense. Even though their tight ends do stink. Hey, what Jerry wants, Jerry gets. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I, just, I don't know. That's a lot to trade up for. It's honestly. a ton. It's, diff- for, it's a for different a team that needs more needs. Yeah, and it's a different conversation if somehow on the off chance he falls to 10 and they take him and you're not taking a defensive player. But if you're trading up, then you're not taking a defensive player and you're giving up assets that you could have took defensive players. I just yeah, feel like even so, like, obviously that'd be a great value, but your offense is not the problem with Dak. Dak is going to be able to distribute the ball to all those weapons, and they're going to put up, you know, 25, 30 points a game minimum. Before like, Bradley goes to pick six, I, I'm extremely disappointed that I said Dallas's tight ends aren't very good and didn't get one response from Bradley. Yeah, no, I honestly, I think it would be a, a nightmare to pair up Kyle Pitts and Blake Jarwin in the same field. <laughs> so, I, I honestly, I think they wouldn't be sleeping that week just because you really you can't find matchups for either one of them. So <laughs> I try to sneak twelve or thirteen guys on the on the field or something. But <laughs> all right, pick six through ten. Uh, Miami goes Jamar Chase out of LSU. Detroit goes Trey Lance, quarterback out of North Dakota State University. Carolina gets protection help for Sam Darnold, and they go Rayshon Slater at pick eight. Uh, Denver at pick nine goes Micah Parsons and Dallas closes up the top 10 with JC Horn. Uh, for me, I, we always Your talk boy, about Micah. quarterbacks, but the quarterback, what, what are you thinking? Trey Lance at Detroit. I think that's honestly a great fit. That I think suck. a team that a, a, a team that's, Oh, it hurt me bad. Uh, but a team that is not ready to win right away, they'll start with golf. And if, if there's week eight, week 10, they're not, they're not, playing well Trey Lance gonna get the keys to the car how many more like, years does he have on his contract um golf like I think two or three? three I think he's a cut candidate for next year I think with his with his cap well he doesn't have any dead like he doesn't have any dead cap with oh I suppose not because when they Detroit, traded him they had to eat it yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Detroit is kind of one of those teams that hasn't go, been mocked to take a quarterback but like easily no. could they yep. should and prop and to your point they probably should and i think trey lance is, is a, a great good candidate too and, and here's why they get first round picks for the next whatever money years right with the with the matt stafford trade you build a quarterback you get a quarterback next year the quarterback class this is way foreshadowing is not as top heavy as what it is this year you get other assets as to of right now trade. As, As of right, right now, now, that is that is so true. It could a Joe Burrow season could come up. Yes, I totally agree. I take back, but it's just as of right now, it is not as what it stands. You get pieces to go around Trey Lance in the following years. I think it makes the most sense. I love it. Just don't play him a single snap this whole year. Uh, that's where I think it's it, gonna be so hard. That's it is like, it's gonna be so in hard. In the modern it's NFL, so that's for, so hard not to give your rookie quarterback a snap or like half the season. I bet Kansas City's not regretting it. Oh, absolutely not. Like Clearly so, like not. I think. Well, I mean, I'm not arguing not true against because he, that. He played. He played week seventeen, week 17 or whatever. Yeah. So, but no, I, I, I don't hate the pick. Like Trey Lance is a great player, so I just, I wouldn't play him a single. Like 
get another top pick. Like just start your team's not winning this year. So like, just sit him this year. If Jared Goff does something really good, then make the decision between one of those two. Like you still got Trey Lance who hasn't played a snap. He could be, you could get another first round pick for him. So um, I don't hate it. Bradley. I, I really like, I mean, we're supposed to mock this thing, but um, I really like six through 10. Uh, I think Slater is a great pick in Carolina. I think love Parsons that. with uh, Fangio is perfect. And I love JC Horn just as much as you do. So, so like JC Horn, like, <laughs> I'm just going to say this. I, I know it was months ago. I mocked that exact same pick JC Horn to Dallas because the two cornerbacks at the time that were pretty like Josh is dying on that hill. I don't understand. Again, it was the situation. Me apart. Because I will not let that go. We're all cornerbacks. I'm going to go back and listen to every episode and everything Josh was wrong about. I'm going to bring it up next episode. No, his projections in fantasy. I just want to tell you that in two months, so much can happen. We are possibly talking about McCorkle Jones going third overall. And honestly, and honestly, two months ago, this dude probably wasn't getting picked in the top 20. That's fair. Um, okay, different. As far as with if you have a rookie, a young quarterback, giving him more weapons versus giving him more protection, which way do you lean general in a vacuum? Which way do you generally lean? Giving him more weapons or giving him more uh, protection on the offensive line? Protection. That's where well, I lean is, as well. This is a great transition into Bradley's 11 through 20, starting with number 11. Yeah, Let's anyways, do I don't like the J.C. Horn pick. Go ahead. <laughs> pick 11, I have the Giants taking Devonta Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Philadelphia. Not an taking... offensive lineman? No. No, no, no. No, no, uh, no. No, <laughs> no. Philadelphia takes Patrick Sertain the second out of Alabama. The Chargers take Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. The hometown Vikings take Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals. Uh, pick <laughs> no, 16. you missed pick 15. <laughs> pick 15, New England takes Mac Jones. Sorry, McCorkle. Bradley's, Bradley's soul just left his body. Pick, pick 16, Arizona takes Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. 17, Tevin Jenkins for the Raiders. 18, Aziz Ojolari for the Dolphins. And 19, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa for the Washington football team and the top 20 closing out with Jalen Waddle for the Chicago Bears. I'd like to start at 17 and just personally ask you, what do you think of the Las Vegas pick? Because I didn't think you were uh, a big fan of Tevin No, Jenkins. no, I, and I don't. I, I don't like Tevin Jenkins. I think he fits very well for what Oakland is, just this big, bad football team, or that's the way they try to pursue their 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 players as. Um, so I think Tevin Jenkins fits well with their physicality that they try to persuade up on the offensive line. I'll go with a pick that I really like. Uh, pick 19, Washington football team taking Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa. We talked about it earlier. If he goes to the right scheme, I mean, this is a perfect scheme. Like, he could play everywhere. He could play linebacker. He could play safety. He could play nickel corner. It's going to be a fun team. team. That would be a great defense and a great fit for him. I, I absolutely love the pick. How about Jalen Waddle falling to twenty? Yeah, I know. It's what I hate. it was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't know where he would have went before that. Maybe Arizona. Philadelphia is going to ride if they don't take a wide receiver. Why it didn't work for them last year? Could you That's guys why see? They just say, do it again. You no, you can't take Jalen Waddle if you have. I'm not gonna. With his so name. quit asking. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. I feel like. 
they're not the same player. Don't they're not they're not the same player, but they they play similar styles, kind of take the top off the defense. What what about New England passing on a quarterback there and taking like a Waddle? I could totally see that, and I would be fine with that. I would just that for Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I, unless unless Cam has figured out his accuracy issues, it, it's horrible. Like that would be a horrible fit. But we already know that Jalen Waddle balled when he did play uh, for a quarterback that wasn't good. Just ask Brad. <laughs> no, no, but no. That, that's honestly that's honestly a really good point because there's a lot of contested catches that Jalen Waddle had to make because they weren't great throws. I'm not. I'm seriously not slamming. I really, I really oh, played oh, into Bradley's <laughs> hand there. <laughs> I'm honestly. I'm not. I'm not hating Becker, on Mac Jones there. There's Becker a lot of a lot of lot of contested catches that Jalen Waddle has to make. Last pick that I have a question on, why'd you go with Newsom over Farley at pick 16 for Arizona? You know, I think it's just a better better fit uh, for Arizona. I think Greg Newsom can emulate a little bit what Patrick Peterson did. He's, he's a really good cover two corner. And I'm, I'm guessing that I'm not going to say it's a safer pick, but if medicals are just a little bit of concern, uh, Arizona's going to want someone that's going to come in and play right away. I think Devonta Smith to the Giants is an awesome fit. I'll just – say it right there i, I mm-hmm. think they need a slot receiver that can stay healthy no offense to sterling shepherd um golden tate's not there anymore i don't believe um so he, he plugs in right away you got galladay on the outside oh evan goodness. ingram i mean that's a very slayton slayton, oh, slayton, on the outside on slayton. He, smith and galladay that, that'd be smith, that would galladay, be slayton awesome. ingram. that'd be awesome. awesome coming back brady's Kyle a big, rudolph brady's a big Rudy. ingram guy I'm Don't not. forget about Rudolph. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Why? He's a pro bowler. He used to be. <laughs> not anymore. He's a, Pick he's a 21. pro bowler. Bradley, we're not talking about it. <laughs> Pick 21, Indianapolis Colts take Caleb Farley. 22, Tennessee takes Terrace Marshall Jr. 23, the New York Jets take Quiddy Pay. 24, Pittsburgh Steelers take Travis Etienne. 25, Jacksonville takes Trevon Morig. 26, Cleveland takes Jalen Phillips. 27, Baltimore takes Joseph Osai, 28, New Orleans takes David Collins, 29, Green Bay Packers select Liam Eichenberg, 30, Buffalo takes Eric Stokes, 31, Kansas City takes Dallin, Dylan Raduns, <laughs> <laughs> and 32, Tampa Bay takes Najee Harris. First and foremost, Becker, your thoughts on Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame going to the Packers? Same as last week. Not – I wouldn't hate it, but it's it's not. Did, did you mock Eichenberg, Brady? I did, and I I would love that if I'm a Packers fan. They need a yeah. Team. I it's yeah. It's somewhat anticlimactic. I'm not upset by any means. It's kind of interesting to have that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not a flashy pick, but it's a it's a good pick. It's interesting to have better than their first round pick last year. <laughs> Love you, Jeremy. Sorry. Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> Facts, it will. It very much will. We uh kind of interesting in the back half of the first. There's that kind of a rush on edge rushers, no pun intended. <laughs> um, for <laughs> you tried that, hard for that. that actually, I promise you, you that was not on purpose. <laughs> yes, you did. It absolutely was not, but it's fine. Like with Ojalari and then Quiddy Pay, uh Jalen Phillips, Joseph Joseph uh, Osai. How do you like the other, you know, Becker and Brady, what do you feel about those individual fits with like Ojolari in Miami, um, Quiddy Pay with the Jets, you know, Jalen Phillips with the Cleveland Browns? What do you like? Which fit do you like the most of those edge rushers uh, that Bradley uh, mocked? The one I like, <laughs> the, I think they're all great fits. 
because like Osai, I think if he if he goes to the first round, it's only to Baltimore because I feel like he just fits their mold. Um, mm. Phillips is on the opposite side of Miles uh, Garrett, um, but my favorite is Quiddy Pay um, to the New York Jets. Robert Sala's defense with who do they sign? I keep forgetting Carl Lawson. Is that what his name was? Mm-hmm. Carl oh, Lawson. Yeah. Oh, they did not overpay him. Oh my gosh, no, they didn't overpay him. Oh no, the Browns, the Browns overpaid to replace no, him. The Bengals overpaid. Bengals. Yes. Yes. Yep. yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're yep. right. So right. they, I, uh, yeah, no, that defense is starting to look pretty good. Um, and if Zach Wilson p- pans out, then they're looking like a pretty good team too. So Quiddy Pay was my favorite one there. My my favorite would be the Phillips pick. Um, mostly a because I think it's a great fit. Um, B he's you, he's the third one off the board there. So probably right now where he probably should be. So you're not like over massively overpaying for him or anything like that. Um, but I also think it's just, it's a good fit. Do you think Kansas city is locked and loaded for offensive line at 31? Like, is there another position that would make logical sense for them? I think they're taking offensive line. I heard somebody said something that I heard where it was like, Andy Reid said, don't worry about the offensive line. We're taking care of it. They've already signed two players. They get, they're going to draft another player. I mean, like, it's going to be rebuilt. If a guy like Zavin Collins or Koromoa fall to them, I could see them just taking kind of a, a hybrid player out there to go oh, with uh, the Honey Badger. JOK would be sweet there with the Honey Badger. That would be awesome. I don't think he'd fall past 29, though. But I per- I, I per- like. Okay, so I'll finish up the Kansas City one. I think it makes obviously to all four of us, it makes sense to uh, take offensive line there for sure. But Kansas City is kind of the like, all right, well, we'll take another speed spirit guy then if you think we should yeah. do that. So, like, yeah. if a you know, what if they took like a Katarius Tony or, or oh they took, God, uh, how would they took that? Took one of the running backs or oh. something. I don't think it would completely surprise us. Um, you know, Tony. because we thought they were all going to sign and draft offensive linemen and then they cut two. So who, who fully knows my, though, probably my least favorite one of this whole selection, just cause Bradley really haven't gotten any grief from, from all three of us. Um, but I don't love the Stokes pick only because I just, I don't really love the player there. Uh, that I might be, on, I might be on an Island, but I just, I don't love Stokes. I'm not super high on him. Um, I would prefer a couple other guys um, in that scenario, but I understand it. I mean, he's fast. Um, if I were Green Bay, I would want Stokes on the opposite side of Jair. I, I would he's what six have... foot, big, physical, fast. Seems like you could play man coverage with Jair on the other side. I don't know. I've kind, of, I've kind of. I, I'm fine with him. Not trust me. I'm not gonna like perfect. I've kind of Go somewhere off else. A little bit with him, mostly because of my like for other corners. But that was that was the Asante only... Samuel Jr. I will let someone else get Eric Stokes. Okay, thanks. I will. The last one I question is pick 24 Travis Etienne I feel like of the top three running backs I feel like he fits the least with Pittsburgh what do you think about why do you why do you you feel like why do you feel that Pittsburgh black and blue big bruising give me Javante Williams Javante Williams those are those two guys no Pittsburgh is a team that's going to throw it 50 times a game so they just draft McFarland and what the third or mid-round pick last year yeah. yeah so like that that's who they have then why would they take Javante Williams if they <laughs> big if, if, running back. if Mayfarland's their guy? I mean, it's ETN could be a big bruiser. Hey, I'm mocking your mock. Don't get defensive. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to, I'm gonna 
I'm not gonna let you just see come at me. I'm gonna come back and start swinging. <laughs> I think he's RB one in this class. And that's fine. I he's my second. So like I, I'm not gonna sit here and argue about that, but I, I would say he fits the least in Pittsburgh because look at what they couldn't run between the tackles last year and it hurt him. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying Javante or uh I'm not saying ETN can't run between the tackles. So like don't hear what I'm not saying. I think Harris does it better. One thing I want to talk about is pick 25, and I want to know where you guys think Jacksonville should go. I think this was the one I had the t- toughest time picking. You know, Brady is tough. <laughs> Value. <laughs> I I think I I feel like they just need to go best defensive player available there because their defense is horrible. You got your quarterback. I think your offense will be fine. Like your offensive line's okay. It, it's not great. So like I mean. Maybe if Tevin Jenkins fell to there, they take him. Give me a break. They ain't taking Sam Cosme. Here's, here's my question. Here's my question. We went through the entire first round, and I don't see Sam Cosme's name. So I, I'm so Bradley, I'm great so question. I'm so glad you brought it up because it hurt me not to put his name on here. Is he pick 33? No, I, I don't know. I don't know what pick he's going to be, but I think the league kind of is a little bit lower on him than I am. I think he's kind of that Ezra Cleveland type mold what the league has him as is like all right let's go get him in the second round um not to say that i agree with that um i don't hate that comp he's a little bit bigger though isn't he yeah he is like six seven six seven that's yeah it's a massive i saw i saw people putting him at guard i'm like that is a big guard that is a really big guard (laughs) yeah you're not wanting six seven standing in front of your quarterback uh, when he's trying to make a throw across the middle nope any other things on his mock are we ready to do our ones gotta go to finish this up uh, Javante Williams, RB1. All right, let's go. He's not. But anyways, uh, our one's <laughs> got to go. We're talking wide receivers. We're not talking about the top ones. We're maybe even talking about uh, tier three guys. It might be some tier two. Yeah. We'll see where everybody's, everybody's thinking about them. So these four guys, Diami Brown from UNC, Amon Ross St. Brown from USC, Rondale Moore from Purdue, and then Amari Rogers from uh, Clemson. I, I almost forgot where he was from. Which guy has got to go? Jeremy, <laughs> let's start with you. Uh, I like these guys, all four of them. Um, but I think I've got to go, though. Yeah, I think I lean on Ross Brown. That's where I'm at, too. I just don't think he has the size or the explosiveness to uh, separate at the next levels or at the point of attack. So uh, that's where I'm at. Funny you should say size. I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of Rondale Moore. That's fair. It's a fair argument. It's definitely fair. He's he's somewhat limited because he's definitely a gadget player because of his size. Um so but like his explosiveness, I think is just hard. How tall, to... how tall is Rondale Moore? Five, five seven. seven. Five seven. He screams Tavon Austin to me. A hundred percent. That's like not... a very limited role. Like uh, boy, yeah. And it, and he his case was not helped by his offensive structure last year because like everything was behind the line of scrimmage essentially. All right, Brady, who's got to go? It ain't Rondale Moore. I'll tell you that much. You have a forty three inch vertical and run a four two whatever. You are that does, a forty three inch vertical is not going to translate to an NFL game. He's not going to go win jump balls. If he's playing a slot corner, if he's playing against. Mackenzie Alexander, it works. Like, get him the ball. He, he's explosive. He, he's not going. The guy that's going for me is Amon Ra St. Brown, and that's not a knock on him. Like, my comp for Amon Ra is Juju. 
So like, I, I think he's oh. got great hands. He's great route running. He is great playing in zone defense. So like when he, he's good at finding the zones and contested catches. So I think he's a good player. The only reason I don't have Amari Rogers is because lately you've seen Amari Rogers be able to run better deep balls than what Amon Ra has. So um, they're both slot receivers. They played a lot of slot receiver, um, but Amon Ra just didn't have as much <clears throat> deep ball capability because he doesn't run as fast. I That's not me hating him. He's probably going to go in the second round. Um, Diami Brown is probably my favorite out of those four. So, hey, And that leads me to my next point. I know we're going to wrap up here, but I like these ones because these are four guys we probably haven't really talked about that that much. So quickly, could you guys rank all four of them? Mine would be uh, Diami Brown, Amari Rogers, Rondell Moore, uh, Amon Rossi. The exact same. Diami Brown, Rondale Moore, Amari Rogers, Amon Ra. Mine would be D Brown, then A Brown, then Amari Rogers, then Rondale Moore. You think Diami Brown's going to get out of the second round? Is he going to make it no. to the third? No. No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. I I very much see like why he ain't I think... making the Green Bay at pick. No, 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 no. Gotcha. That's that's not what I'm talking about. I very much see his like so quit asking his stock being lowered just because of the situation that he was in. And I could see him having kind of this major explosion, like um uh forgive me, uh AJ Brown and uh DK DK, DK had because I'm almost positive they might have had the same offensive coordinators in college. Uh don't full quote me on that, but I, I think so. we clipped it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I kind of just see him having this big explosion if he gets put in the right fit. So I love him a lot. And all these guys are, are fit receivers. So like, well, oh, yeah, it, like, I mean, I guess any receiver is, but um, they're going to be good. They all have a, <laughs> no, they're not <laughs> a specific skill set that, that it, it depends on what team they go to. I have a particular set of skills. Yes. <laughs> good all one. right. Well, that wraps up this edition of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next time.